Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Denise Salcedo, and it is Saturday, October 14th. And man, it's been a while since I've been on here uh, to talk about AEW Collision. So I know that AEW Collision, sometimes it's a little bit harder to cover because on Saturday, sometimes we get pay-per-views. And we've had so many pay-per-views the last couple of weeks, I feel. Uh, it's been nonstop. So I'm very happy to be back here talking about AEW Collision because this was a very good show and I feel like it always like I could never I never know if when I tune into a AW collision if it's going to be a one match show in the sense that we have one really great match and then everything else is just whatever or we go into a show and then it's phenomenal so I feel like collision is still the show where some weeks are great some weeks are like whatever but this week was definitely a good one so I'm very happy to talk about it today especially because we have I feel like we've gotten so much like new blood injected into collision it's such a different show in terms of the feel from when it started when it was CM Punk's show when CM Punk was the guy that you were seeing on a weekly basis on Collision to now it's the Brian Danielson, Adam Copeland, Ricky Stark show is what it feels like. So it's two totally different shows where we're at right now. But you know what? Uh, I enjoyed it then. And you know what? I'm enjoying it right now. So we're going to get into the biggest highlights and moments of AEW Collision in just a second. But before I do, welcome to everybody. I'm seeing you guys all pulling up in the chat. Thank you guys so much for keeping the chat lit. Uh, we got a couple of super chats I want to kick things off with. Uh, the first one that we got here is from Doppelganger. 399 getting us started here saying I need Nick Wayne's mom to turn heel and leave with Christian on Wednesday. Doppelganger. 399. You are a savage, my friend. You are a savage. And you know what? I would freaking love that too. But then at the same time, you want to see, like, here's, you could go two directions, right? You could go the direction of his mom being like, how could you do this? And we can get kind of like a Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio type of situation. Obviously, he's not, Nick Wayne ain't going to wrestle his mom. But you get what I mean where, uh, you know, they are not seen eye to eye, right? Father and son, but this time, uh, son and mother, right? Uh, so I feel like maybe we can definitely get that. I feel like that's possibly what's going to happen. Or who knows? Maybe what would happen is what you said, where all of a sudden Nick Wayne's mom is like, hey, you know what? Christian Cage flattered me and she leaves side by side with him. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool if for a while she is, you know, the caring, loving mom and she's trying to get Nick Wayne to make the right choices. She doesn't want him to be aligned with Christian Cage. And then maybe down the line, all of a sudden we get swerved and <laughs> Nick Wayne's mom decides that she's interested. I don't know, uh, but I feel like you can definitely have a lot of fun with this because there is nothing easier, guys. Nothing easier than bringing up somebody's mom. How many times haven't you heard your mom, your mom in any sort of comeback, right? Like everybody does your mom jokes and it's very easy to get people riled up when it comes to I don't know, mothers. So I feel like this is such an easy freaking story and they can have a lot of fun with it. And with Christian Cage throwing out all of these, you know, rude, 
remarks in the sense that he sends lunch he supposedly sends lingerie to nick wayne's mom he checks out her instagram account all of these little rude things and these little rude remarks that he's been making towards nick wayne's mom have been phenomenal so it's a very very easy uh to tell a story like this and a fun one that i think a lot of people are going to enjoy so uh who knows man doppelganger you're a savage and now i want to see it Wyatt Cox sends in a super chat saying Shivani on commentary, a 100% winner. Yeah, you know, uh, commentary on Collision, it really has, It's there's been so many changes, I feel, with uh, when we had Ian Riccoboni and then we had Kevin Kelly and then they did the back and forth. And I feel like we really, they really need to keep it steady. Uh, and yeah, Shivani was definitely a nice addition to the commentary today. But yeah, it's been kind of, I feel like, they haven't gotten it just right, right? Like, that's what they've been changing. Like, they've been changing that quite a bit, I feel. Grapple Geekery DWO member says, I'm loving Sky Blue becoming the Dark Blue. <laughs> I'm dead. Dark Blue. That's hilarious, actually. She's going to be, she's going to go through all the shades of blue. She's going to come in with Royal Blue, uh, all of the blues throughout her career. Every time, you know, we're always talking about wrestlers reinventing themselves. We talk about Chris Jericho, how many times he's reinvented himself. Uh, we're going to get throughout Sky Blue's career, all of these different shades of blue. I'm just, I'm just kidding, but yeah. Um, Jesus M, Mother of Pearl. Um, damn, guys, sorry, I just clapped really loud, so I'm so sorry to the audio listeners, but I just got a really massive super chat that I was not ex expecting from Infamous Raider Loco, who just sent in um, the biggest super chat I've gotten in a while, so dude, holy cow, you just made it all worth it today, man, you really just made it all worth it, thank you so much to Infamous Raider Loco um, for this very generous super chat, saying, been on vacation and joining my birthday in Reno earlier this week. Dude, happy birthday, man. Happy freaking birthday. He says, boy, was it fun and boy, did I win. So glad I'm able to do this for you because you absolutely deserve it. Uh, you're absolutely amazing at what you do and I appreciate all the hard work. Keep it up and enjoy the weekend. Wait, so you were in Reno this week and you won. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, man. If any of my viewers are going out there and winning, thank you so much, man. Uh, I feel like I won now. I'm very, very happy. Uh, Infamous Raider Loco, seriously, thank you so much um, for these generous super chat. I never know how to thank people on these, especially because, you know, uh, when someone gives a generous amount like this, I feel like ah, I don't even know what to do. So thank you so much to infamous Raider Loco sending you lots of love. I'm so glad you won. And I hope you're having the very best birthday week. Uh, you literally just made my Saturday today. Uh, so thank you so much. And I was feeling guilty, guys. I was feeling guilty because after Busted Open this morning, you guys know I wake up at four in the morning to do Busted Open. And after the show, I was like, oh, I'm going to do all of these things, right? I was thinking of all of the things I was going to do today. And then I fell asleep on my couch and I woke up at four right before a collision. So I was feeling very guilty today. So infamous Raider Loco, I don't feel so guilty no more. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike New York says, maybe Miro can get with Nick's mom to get CJ jealous. Oh boy. Ooh, what kind of booking is this, Mike? Damn, my brain did not even go there. Are we, we getting some like uh, uh, attitude era booking here from Mike New York? Will Chisholm says, uh, poor uh, Eek Mai. 
He will never escape the rock. Oh, Ricky Starks. Okay. I was trying to figure out where you were going with this. All right. So Will Chisholm says, poor Ricky Starks. He will never escape the rock jokes. The sad thing is if he ever goes to WWE, the jokes will get worse. And here's the thing, man. I am the biggest Ricky Starks fan, man. I'm just as big of a Ricky Starks fan as the next person. Uh, I can't wait to talk about him right now. And we will get into the rock jokes that were made. Um, and it, it, it goes both ways, right? Like nobody ever wants to be compared to anybody. Like that's like the worst thing. But it's, I don't know. It depends on how you look at this, right? If someone's comparing you to the rock, who's literally the, the one of the greatest of all times, right? Everybody would love to have a career like The Rock. Anybody. He's the world's most recognizable man. Google it. I did. That's how I learned that. Uh, he's the most, I, I think the, the, the proper, they said he's the most famous man or the most famous recognizable face uh, in all of the world. It's like legit. I did not know this until I Googled it a couple months ago. So Anyways, but when you're compared to someone like The Rock, it can be effing great, right? Because you want to be compared against somebody who's considered the very best. But then at the same time, because somebody like The Rock is so high up here that when you're compared to someone like that, you're never going to measure up. You're never Ever. So it's almost like there's trying to set up Ricky Starks to fail, right? Whenever you're comparing him against The Rock, because then it's like, He's never going to be above the rock like that is just impossible, right? So I feel like it depends on how you look at it. I mean, how many of us here raise your hand in the chat if you would like to be compared to the rock? Shit, I would love to be compared to the rock. A lot of people here would love to be compared to the rock. But at the same time, it could be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. Uh, Abel Pantoja says, me muero for Mystico on Rampage on Friday. Dude, this is going to be uh, very exciting to see. Uh, I've been, when I saw the announcement, I just want to take a second and shout out Rocky Romero, man, because Rocky Romero is truly the forbidden door, dude. He has been, uh, I did an interview here with Rocky Romero not too long ago. Actually, we did it after the first forbidden door, excuse me. It was after the first forbidden door, we did an interview and he, he, was really that that bridge between the New Japan AEW relationship. And so he has been, you know, he, Tony Khan has spoken about how the AEW New Japan relationship really wasn't that great kind of in the beginning. But Rocky Romero was really that person. I think that was the messenger in between both uh, both places that really helped grow that relationship with AEW and New Japan. And now we're seeing this, man. And I just want to shout out Rocky Romero for this a whole lot because that's freaking awesome. Uh, Abel Pantoja, by the way, one more thing about Rocky. Rocky is the kind of guy, by the way, that I feel like you cannot have beef with Rocky Romero. Like there are few people in this world, like there's going to be awesome people, right? And even if you're awesome, there's always going to be someone who dislikes you. I don't think I've ever heard anybody dislike Rocky Romero. Like, ain't no way. And if someone has beef with Rocky Romero, it's them. It ain't Rocky, man. Like, he's a pretty cool dude. Will Chisholm says, I love the people in the opening segment, but I hate the WWE. One person comes out after another. Uh, we'll talk about the opening segment in just a second. Thank you so much to Will Chisholm for the super chat. And um, all right, we got <laughs> Let's get into the... Um, Let's get into actually what happened on this show. So let's go. All right. So 
Oh, we got some, we got some. Okay, here, let me, let me, I want to read this really quick. This is from Jose Million who says, he looks like a young, young rock. He doesn't try to imitate him like the guy who yells, yeah. So another guy who's also been compared to the rock is Ali Knight. And LA Knight, and it's funny because LA Knight and Ricky Starks are two totally different people that have been compared to The Rock. And I, I'm, it's funny because I feel like, again, this really depends on how people look at this and how you look at the comparisons of The Rock. When I see people compare LA Knight to The Rock, I get what they're saying in terms of the tone, but I personally, I can't go that far and say, oh yeah, LA Knight is like The Rock. No, I can't see it that way. Uh, and it's the same thing with Ricky Starks, guys. Like Ricky Starks is freaking awesome freaking awesome but I feel like having those comparisons calling him the rock takes away from his own talents like Ricky Starks is so freaking talented and so freaking good on the microphone and so sometimes when he does get those rock comparisons or those rock uh, shots it does take away from the work that you know he has done so like no matter what he gets hot he gets heated he does the thing he goes on fire he's on fire on promo no matter what people are going to be comparing him to the rock all right but let's get to this all right so where did this all come from where did this all start let's talk about it so adam copeland uh kicks off AEW collision and like i said he is one of the new faces of AEW collision smart because tony definitely needed somebody guys uh i was there the day the collision uh, hours after we found out that AEW had letting had fired CM Punk, and I remember walking in that hallway and seeing fans that were so pissed off, and uh, CM Punk, like him or hate him, he was a big part of that show, and he was the reason why I even started covering Collision in the first place. If CM Punk would, would not have been on Collision, I don't know that I would have made time to come out here on my Saturdays uh, to cover AEW Collision. And so you definitely needed somebody or a couple of people to, you needed stars on the show. And so of course we got Brian Danielson. He was made one uh, immediately after and he's done amazing wonders and he really picked up and took running um the storyline with ricky starks and really made it his own but another person who has now been injected into aew collision is adam copeland and right now that he's just got to aew he's so fresh everything he does on aew is brand new uh so it is going to feel like a big deal when he's there so he comes out and he calls out Christian Cage. Christian Cage comes out with a shit ton of security. Uh, so many securities. Uh, Christian Cage, dude, we're going to talk quite a bit about this man today. So he basically says that he's going to prove that he is the best wrestler. He tells Adam that he said all of the things that he said to him to protect him because Christian Cage is the best wrestler. And Brian Danielson then comes out and he tells Christian that his guys, his buddies, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are banned from ringside for their match that's occurring later on. And then we get Ricky Starks and he comes out with Big Bill, who is his, his, his tag team partner. They're the tag team champions. A big surprise that happened. Uh, well, I think it was last week's collision. And he says that he only has respect for Adam Copeland and Brian, that, sorry, that he doesn't have respect for Adam Copeland or Brian Danielson, that he only has respect for Christian. And then this is where we get my favorite part of this. So we talked a lot about the Rock comparisons and Ricky Starks. 
we got some heated back and forth between Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks here. This reminded me of, you know, when have you guys ever kind of been a part of a conversation, uh, a part of a part of any sort of conversation? And there's that one person that you're like, I hate that mother effer. I hate that guy. Like that guy's stupid. I hate him. And even though you're trying to remain chill, all of a sudden you end up in a fight with this person. And then you guys start going back and forth and throwing shots at each other. I don't know if that's ever happened to any one of you guys, but that is the best way to describe Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks here. I almost feel like this kind of happened. Like the, when you see a lot of these promos, sometimes a lot of times, like it feels, you know, some things feel rehearsed, right? Some things really feel rehearsed. This little riff off between Adam and Ricky Starks kind of felt like they lit this fire where all of a sudden this really wasn't the focus and it became the thing that I want to talk about. Like I need to see Adam Copeland, Ricky Starks now because of those few little seconds that we got of them throwing shots to one another. And basically it was along the lines of Ricky Starks basically saying that uh, he called him bug eyes. <laughs> it was so freaking, <laughs> I'm dying because I'm dying because have you ever seen Edge do like the, you know, you've seen Edge where he does like the face where he's got like the big eyes. And so Ricky Starks calling him bug eyes was really freaking hilarious, actually. And Edge makes fun of his pants and Ricky Stark says, oh, well, clearly you didn't take any style from that other place referring to WWE. And then, oh, he pissed off Adam so much because then Adam basically calls him a ripoff of The Rock and says hey, he's a ripoff of him. And then, of course, that is going to be Ricky Starks' trigger. So then he basically fights back and he says, oh, like, that's it. Like, you clearly uh, didn't come with any. Uh, you really set me on the edge of my seat is what he said. So he it, it felt like something that wasn't supposed to be like the biggest thing out of this. But to me, this was the biggest, most juiciest, most spiciest portion of all of what we got here. And we got some more to get into. So this was fun. I need them to circle back to Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks because they've got something right there. And that's the thing too. Ricky Starks, CM Punk, phenomenal. Ricky Starks, Brian Danielson, phenomenal. How do you keep this going? Ricky Starks, Adam Copeland, let's get there because that was that was fire, guys. That was fire. All right, FTR comes out and they talk about losing their titles and they basically said that Big Bill and Ricky Starks are not the best team that they were on that night, but um, you know the show must go on. They decided to do the match that everybody's always banged up. They were banged up, but they still decided to do the match. It was the bad decision to make and. Thus, they ended up losing the titles. And so we end up getting this big brawl and <laughs> we see the baby faces fight the security guards. And that's kind of what we got uh, from the opening segment. Uh, we got a super chat here from Steven Marchulli who says, Ricky Starks has a typical WWE wrestler attributes, much like Jade. I will, I don't know. I don't remember when Ricky Starks' AW contract is up, but he is going to be a guy that I can definitely see going to WWE or at least being on the verge of going to WWE because to me I'm just gonna say it. I'm a way bigger fan of Ricky Starks than I am LA Knight I think if you put Ricky Starks and LA Knight together in the ring in like any sort of like face-off promo war 
I think Ricky Starks is winning that all the way. And I know that's not the popular choice. I know some people are going to be here going, how dare you, Denise? Allie Knight's way better than Ricky Starks. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Ricky Starks, uh, and I hate to compare the two, but the two came up because we were talking about The Rock and shit like that. But I'm a much bigger fan of Ricky Starks. I think he checks all the boxes in terms of everything that you need. Not only is he great, uh, has a phenomenal look, but is also a really great wrestler. So you really got a whole lot with Ricky Starks there. And I feel like right now you got Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, you got uh, LA Knight, all of these guys that are on the precipice of, you know, being bigger and better, right? They've been trying to do something with Austin Theory. The Grayson Waller has been doing phenomenal work as well. Uh, really great on the mic, also really good in ring. Um, I think Grayson Waller is going to continue to benefit from being in programs with uh, the people that he's been in programs with. So he's going to clearly get a lot even better. But I do see Ricky Starks coming in there and being more ready than all of those guys right now because he has been in these like forefront situations again with talent like CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Let's not forget the work that he did with MJF. All of this stuff has been setting him up for greatness. He's killing it on AEW. I do think that WWE, man, I would, if I'm WWE, I would freaking love to have Ricky Starks on my show. That's for sure. And if I'm Tony Khan, I would not want to let go of Ricky Starks. And that's how you get yourself big guys. That's how you make yourself into a hot, uh, God dang commodity. Like that's what you want. That's like the goal, right? To have people wanting you because you are the best or, you know, uh, one of the best, right? Uh, somebody with a lot of potential. So Stephen Marchuli, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely see it happening uh, for Ricky Starks. Billy Rock sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Billy who says, I strongly believe that Adam Copeland will become TNT champion. I would love to see that happen. Uh, I think that's probably where this is all headed to, right? Like, don't you feel like that may be the end game? Because at some point, uh, Christian Cage's got to, Christian Cage has got to come down from cloud nine, man. Uh, and it's going to be funny as hell when he does. We'll see. I mean, I think there's a good chance that that's where this story is going to end up. Uh, Billy Rock, thank you so much for the super chat as always. I appreciate it, man. Um, all right. So let's get into, we need to talk more about this. So we need to talk uh, more about what went down with all of these guys here. So let's get into, so we did find out, as we mentioned earlier, that we're going to see Nick Wayne do a sit-down interview on AEW Dynamite with his mother there. We talked about that already. So I want to get into the main event already because I want to keep this all nice and tidied up. So Christian Cage versus Brian Danielson uh, for the TNT Championship. And I, going in, to this match, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, this one's tough, right? It's tough because you know Brian Danielson isn't going to be losing cleanly to Christian Cage. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just basically with what they've been doing, you knew that if Brian Danielson was going to lose, it was going to have to be some sort of interference, some sort of shenanigans were going to play out. And Christian Cage right now is gold. He's gold right now uh, with 
everything that he's doing. Uh, Christian Cage has been great in WWE. He's been great in uh, Impact Wrestling. And now he's great in AEW, okay? Like this whole uh, daddy, dead father stuff that he's been doing uh, is really, really working. It's entertaining. Uh, It's fun to watch. You love to hate him. And you love to have him be a jerk. Like that is what I want, right? Like that's what the people want. If Christian Cage... If Christian Cage could roast any one of us, I think we would take it. We would be scared to death, but you know what? We would take a roasting from Christian Cage because he is that entertaining. And obviously, he's a great wrestler. We already know that. We've known that for decades, whatever. But the point is that he's checking on the boxes right now. And there was a bit where, you know, when he first came into AEW, he was just Christian. Like, he was just Christian. Like, we love Christian, but he was just Christian. The feud with Jungle Boy... He freaking did great work with Jungle Boy. Like he made, he made Jungle Boy. He made you care about Jungle Boy uh, in a way that you ha- probably didn't care about him before. And I'm not saying that to take away from Jungle Boy back then, but he really took him to a whole different uh, plateau in AEW, and it was good shit that they did there too, right? And of course, this kind of started the catalyst of the dead father, the the whole feud with Jungle Boy, and he's carried that through. And so he's checking all the dang boxes. So I knew going into this match that Christian Cage had to retain the championship. So I was watching this match going, damn, how are they going to have Brian Danielson lose? I knew he was going to lose, uh, but I just didn't know how they were going to do it. So the body of the match, by the way, was phenomenal. Like you had people chanting, this is awesome, because this was a damn solid match with two guys that, of course, have been in the business for years and years, have done it about all. Uh, they are big names, so you know as how they know what they're doing when they're in there, for sure. And during this, we saw... Christian go after the uh the shoulder the arm of Brian Danielson and given that Brian Danielson injured that arm and is is basically coming back after that so that was something that he had uh hurt I think it was the yeah the Okada match was when he hurt that so he went after that uh of course Christian went after that we know it and during this man there was some good stuff that happened so I want to fast forward to the ending here because during this there was some great moments. Like we see Danielson get this phenomenal reaction because after Christian Cage, you know, was targeting and targeting the arm of Brian Danielson, there was a moment where Brian like sped up the match and just like clotheslined uh, Christian Cage and the people were standing up on their feet. Like all of everything that they did built up to build up to this moment and so we end up seeing Danielson get him with the yes kicks we see Danielson um get him with a uh dive to the outside and then we see Christian Cage hit a frog splash really nice frog splash too more yes kicks from Brian Danielson and then there's a moment where Christian spears Brian and hits the kill switch and you're thinking like can this be it is this the moment but it doesn't happen Uh, It's not over yet. We then see Brian pull out all the stops, come running in with the Bocycle knee and get some, um, goes for the cover. It's a near fall. Uh, Christian kicks out at two. And then we get Brian locking in the LaBau lock and Christian gets out of it by getting his foot on the ropes. He barely makes it, barely makes it. And this is the part that I also loved. Brian tries to get in the LaBau lock again, but he's unable to really get a good grip on it because of the all of the all of the pain that he sustained in that shoulder that Christian had been targeting throughout the entire match. And so then 
for the actual finish of this, Big Bill comes in, distracts the referee. Rick Starks goes in and hits uh, Brian Danielson with the championship belt. And so Christian Cage gets the win. Referee never sees it. And that is how he comes out on top. So that is pretty much what we were expecting. Again, some sort of shenanigans to happen in this match. That's what went down. And I am digging this because for the closing of the show, we had FTR go out there, Luchasaurus, Adam Copeland, all of these guys that we saw in the opening of the show go out there and they had this uh, big brawl once again. So one of the things that we've been seeing if you've been paying close attention is Adam Copeland has really been, there's been a lot of brawls since Adam came into AEW, I feel. Like, we've been seeing a whole lot of this. We saw it on Dynamites. We saw it at the top of the show with the referees. I mean, sorry, with the securities and the baby faces. And then we saw it at the end of today's show, too. So we're really getting a mixture of all of these guys that are feuding with one another uh, all get involved in these brawl-like scenarios. So I think that's been something that I've been picking up on on what Edge has been Adam Copeland has been doing and bringing uh, to AEW. And it was great because the last thing we saw was Nick Wayne outnumbered four on one and Adam comes in and just fears the living life out of Nick Wayne. So that was kind of fun to see uh, as well. Um, so that's what's been going down with all of these guys. That's the biggest topic I would say from Collision, but we still got so much more to get into. So let's get to it guys let's get to it uh my name is not Errol says how long was the match um i don't know the exact time of how long the match was but i think the match started like with 30 minutes left on the show so there and then of course there's commercial breaks but I, I think there was like 30 or 25 minutes left on the show and uh i'm usually behind when i'm watching aw because i tend to fall behind a little bit uh, because there's times where I'm writing my notes and I need to pause things or else I'll miss something. So I'm always a little bit behind. So I don't know if they, uh, what time they actually end it. Cause for me, they always end late because I'm always behind on the shows. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's been really, really good stuff, man. Really, really good stuff. All right. So let's go ahead and press on from here and talk about some more of what we saw on collision. Once again, guys, if you want to send in some super chats, get your comments read, uh, please feel free to do so. Um, you know what? I'm going to take this time, actually, um, right now before we segue into our next topic on, I'm going to say, I haven't decided, but either Sunday or Monday, I'm going to have a pretty cool announcement. Uh, I'm going to have an announcement, guys. I'm going to make my little Tony Khan graphic. Uh, I'm going to make an announcement either on Sunday or Monday about something really cool coming to this YouTube channel. Uh, so keep an eye out. I haven't decided I want to do it on Monday because I feel like that's the day that people are on Twitter. But then I'm really excited about it. So I kind of want to do it tomorrow. I wanted to do it today, but I took a nap. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking maybe tomorrow or Monday. So keep an eye out on social media and all of that. All right. Keep an eye out. All right, let's get into our next topic. And this is a little bit more of a, of, of a serious one. And this is we got a video package of MJF. And MJF was a pretty big topic. Well, he always is a big topic, right? Always. There's always something going on with MJF. But 
uh, last week on AEW Dynamite, it was a big topic because of basically what they did on the show where they had Juice Robinson bring out uh, coins. And so that literally went viral. Uh, there was a lot of people that were angry, that were upset about it. And uh, MJF put out a whole tweet about it. I mean, there's just there's just a lot that went down with that. I think TMZ even picked it up. It, it was a whole thing. So today they showed this uh, video uh, basically following MJF around, and he was at a sports leader convention. And they did like a like a conference about stopping Jewish hate. And so throughout this, this was really cool. This was just him, you know, being shown at the convention. He's talking with the owner of the Patriots, a Robert Kraft, and they're talking about why it's important to be there, why they are out there sending this message, why they are out there uh, advocating for this. And one of the closing things that we saw was MJF basically saying, you know, that they want to educate people because uh you know they make up they make up two percent of the population is what he said and there is i think he said 55 percent of the religious hate is towards jewish people and so he definitely you know this was to spread the message spread awareness about stopping jewish hate and so um this was and I think the website, let, let me let me make sure I get the website right, guys. I think it was stand up. Yeah, okay. So for those of you who want to check it up, there's a website and a hashtag as well. Uh, the website is standuptojewishhate.org and the hashtag is standuptojewishhate. So um, this is probably definitely something to look into. Once again, that is standuptojewishhate.org. Um, so that's kind of what we saw. So I think they kind of basically used what we saw last week as a way to kind of, you know, in their own way, use it for a storyline, but also use it to send out a, a very serious message during the show. So that's what we got with MJF uh, here. So we got with MJF here today. All right, um, let's go ahead and get into Samoa Joe versus Willie Mack for the Ring of Honor TV Championship. Guys, if you know me, if you know me, if you know me, you know that this match was a match that I was really looking forward to. When I saw this match was announced for Collision, I was like, hell yeah, because I freaking love Willie Mack, everybody. Like, Willie Mack has been my favorite for years. I've said this so many times. Uh, I love his work in the independence, love his work in Mexico, love his work and loved his work in Impact. Love anytime he's on AEW or Ring of Honor television. This dude, this dude knows what's up. Uh, he keeps it, he keeps it cool. He, he goes out there, he does the job. Very happy to see a guy like Willie Mack get moments like this. I was very happy to see him in this match with Samoa Joe. Um, this was two beefy men, man. That's really what it was here. Uh, I thought commentary did a really phenomenal job of kind of putting over some of the, uh, you know, the background of Willie Mack and talking about how uh, he emancipated himself when he was a young kid and kind of talked a little bit about his uh, hard upbringing. And he's just a cool dude. So, this match here was a lot of fun. Like we see Willie chop Samoa Joe a couple of times. That was fun. We see him hit a cannon bond Samoa Joe. So he got a lot of really little cool moments. But this was a, just a really strong win for Samoa Joe. He, it looked really awesome when he picked up Willie Mack for the muscle buster. Because dude, like you're picking up this like 200 and something pound man 
over your freaking shoulder, holding him up to then execute the muscle buster uh, on a guy like the size of Willie Mack. That is always very freaking impressive. So I thought this muscle buster, mm, chef's kiss was very fun, very enjoyable to see. Uh, so this was definitely something that I enjoyed on today's show. Uh, and I feel like they should keep it going, man. Keep going. Like, keep doing stuff with Willie Mack. Keep coming him back up here. I, it kind of seemed like this was the end. Like, there really wasn't going to be any more. But I would really like it, man, if they continued uh, having something with Samoa Joe and Willie Mack and really telling a little story here. I think that would be really fun. But it looks like they're just keeping it going with Samoa Joe, which is fine. Because when it comes to Samoa Joe, you just want to see him wrestle anybody. Like, let's be real. Like, he could wrestle this freaking water bottle, and that shit would be freaking entertaining. So, what? Uh, We'll see about that. Um, now, Rally Cap says yeet. <laughs> if you were here on the SmackDown podcast, you guys know I am on Roman Reigns' side, and I also hate the word yeet. So don't you yeet in my chat. Just kidding. Uh, that's that's heel move, guys. I know I know. saying that we're going to get a bunch of yeet messages. See, look, they're already coming in. Mike New York, me, uh, Rally getting us going with the yeet. <laughs> I hate yeet. All right. But I don't hate meat, that's for sure. And that's what Samoa Joe Willie Mac was. All right, moving on from here. See, I knew it. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. All the yeets coming in. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into CJ Perry and Action Andretti and Miro and all of this stuff. So CJ Perry gets interviewed backstage and she's talking about how she is going to be, uh, she wants to send a message out, right? She wants to get some clients. She's there to help talent take gold, make champions, become stars. She wants to help guide people. And so this is the message she sends to the roster. And then poor little action Andretti comes up and he's like, hey man, like I'm just a phone call away. And so we kind of get a little moment where I'm looking at this and I'm going, yes. CJ Perry managing Action Andretti. I'm here for that because Action Andretti, let's not forget that this guy defeated Chris Jericho. Do you guys remember like that big massive moment where he had this surprise defeat over Chris Jericho? And that was like peak right there for uh, Action Andretti. And I'm thinking, oh man, they're really going to strap a rocket to this kid, man. He's going to blow the hell up. And they didn't really follow through on that. He defeated Chris Jericho, had an awesome moment, and then it just went womp, womp, womp. And so I'm looking at this and I'm going, please put him with CJ Perry. Let him like start showing some personality because he's already good in the ring, right? And the guy's only getting better. Just keep putting him in matches with people. It's going to be great, right? But he needs somebody, I think, to be a uh, to be a mouthpiece, right? And if he was out there with CJ Perry doing all of the speaking and talking for him, I think that would be phenomenal for Action Andretti. Well, Miro does a promo later on on the show. He does a little vignette. And he's talking about how CJ Perry is evil. She's evil. And she's just there to get gold. But that gold makes her more dangerous. And he's going to kill off anybody who gets near or works with CJ Perry. He says, I'm willing to destroy every man to protect this woman. This is the promise of the Redeemer. And so we're getting Miro versus Action Andretti next week. Guys. I'm trying to get into the storyline. I really am. Look at my face. I'm trying to care. 
I really am trying to care. I'm struggling a little bit with this one though, because I feel like I get it. Like I feel we got, what we have here is, I don't know how many of you guys have seen The War of the Roses. The War of the Roses, or if you haven't seen that movie, maybe a marriage story, right? Where you got a married couple that are just not seen eye to eye, right? They're both right, but they're also both wrong. That's literally what we're getting here with CJ Perry and Miro, where I feel Miro is trying to paint out CJ Perry as this evil person, right? Because he really knows the true CJ Perry, right? He really knows who she is. So he's trying to paint her as this evil, evil woman. But then you look at CJ Perry and you're like, well, is she doing anything wrong? Not really. She's just out there trying to manage people. She's not really doing anything wrong, but then you're waiting for it. You're like, why is Miro saying she's so manipulative and so evil? But at the same time, Miro is obsessed with her. He's obsessed with CJ Perry and the good side of CJ Perry, the bad side of CJ Perry. This is literally every married couple with drama. Any married couple that's got drama, this feels like Miro CJ Perry. And so in that way, I'm interested in the story, right? Because I, I would like to see something like that. I want to see, uh, you know, a husband and a wife get into a very, very dramatic story. That would be cool. I'm interested in that. Very am interested in that. So, but right now I feel like they kind of have to speed it up a little bit because, and thankfully next week we are getting a match with Miro and Action Andretti. So I hope that they kind of start to speed things up because if, if not, then you're going to lose interest on what could possibly be a cool story. So I'm interested to see what they can do here, but I hope they kind of just get to the point already. And I do want to see CJ Perry actually manage a couple of people. I hope she does because then that's kind of like the point, right? I think it would be great to see CJ Perry successfully manage someone and then have Miro be like completely distraught and upset that she's out there succeeding with somebody that isn't him. We'll see. Billy Rock sends in a super chat saying, yeet, yeet, yeet a mania. <laughs> yeet a mania. I like that. Yeet a mania. It's a fun word to say. Billy Rock, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Y'all can yeet as much as you want in the super chats. I will let you yeet all day. <laughs> Billy Rock, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. Um, all right. So let's press on from here and uh get into Juice Robinson and Christopher Daniels. Uh, there's only so much to say. This was a very quick, very simple match. Um, nothing really to discuss for the body of this match. Juice Robinson wins afterwards we see bullet club gold attack uh attack christopher daniels christopher daniels has no friends because nobody comes out to help him out like this dude is telling relations and ain't nobody came out to help the man out like nobody came out to help out this man um if i were him i'd be really petty about it um anyways we're gonna be seeing jay white versus penta next week jay white still has mjf's triple b and of course we're heading into that match at full gear which i'm really excited about but uh basically the whole thing that we got here is juice robinson is coming for the dynamite diamond ring he wants it jay white says that mjf's world is gonna fall apart and it's gonna start off with juice taking the dynamite dynamite diamond ring and then he's going to take away the title and i am so so interested in what that's going to look like like i want to see those two things happen uh i really really do so i'm really really hoping for uh for jay white to get the win at full gear we'll see if it happens i don't know we also got a promo from dustin rhodes a really cool one where he basically says he's going to be in the dynamite diamond battle royal and uh, 
he is basically there. He wants to, he wants to have glory. He wants to become AEW World Heavyweight Champion and his glory, his path to glory starts Wednesday night. So a good little promo from Dustin and a good way to get excited about the Battle Royal. We got a super chat here from Jared Clark. Thank you so much to Jared, uh, Gerard, excuse me, Gerard. I remember Gerard, Gerard, not Jared, Gerard. Uh, Gerard says, hey, Denise, the criticism of the TNT championship was based on the bad booking of TK. No offense. It's the man that makes the title prestigious. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to the man, uh, the man makes the title or the title makes the man. I've always been on the side of the man makes the title, like always 1000%. To me, the man makes the championship. And yes, Christian Cage has been making that TNT championship a whole lot. A perfect example. We talk about this all the time. Need to bring it up. Who made that AEW International Championship? Orange Cassidy made the AEW International Championship. Like he made a bout that was brought in where who knows what the interest was in that championship belt. But after Orange Cassidy defended it so many times beautifully, all of a sudden, all the other guys are like, hmm, that belt, I want that belt because now that belt means something and of course we've had a lot of great tnt champions a whole lot but in this recent iteration of it christian cage has been killing it uh thank you so much to to gerard <laughs> it takes me a second it takes me a second you can see me stumbling and thinking about him but thank you so much dude for the super chat i appreciate it man um all right so a big match that was made um for AEW collision started off with kyle fletcher getting a quick victory over boulder of the iron savages and as you guys know, Mark Davis, his tag team partner is injured. He's out with a wrist injury. He's been out since Wrestle Dream. And so I'm loving that they're keeping Kyle Fletcher basically going on a singles run. And the big thing about this is that after he gets he he defeats Boulder, he gets him with a power bomb, gets the win. Uh sorry, he uh gets him with the dragon sleeper, gets power bomb, dragon sleeper, gets the win. And then he cuts a promo. And he starts talking about how he's only 24 years old and he feels that he's the best wrestler. Uh, he feels that he's the best wrestler, right? And I'm looking at this and I'm going, every first I'm thinking like, all right, everybody says that, right? Every young guy says the best wrestler of the world. Where are we going with this? What are you going to say, Kyle? What's next? And then he starts talking about uh, how he wants to call out the measuring stick, a guy that he's been in the ring with, uh, you know, in, in three-way matches and, uh, sorry, six-man matches and all of that, right? He calls out Kenny Omega. And I'm like, yo, dude, Kyle Fletcher's out here cooking. I'm out here thinking he was going to cut some like whatever promo about how he's going to be the best wrestler ever. I was not expecting him to call out Kenny Omega. So next week we are officially getting Kyle Fletcher versus Kenny Omega on AEW Dynamite. And that one is going to be fun based on what we've seen uh, in them in these multi-man matches based on those interactions. You know that Kyle Fletcher, Kenny Omega is going to be a fun one so uh that's definitely something to look forward to and i'm excited that they're i'm excited that they're using kyle fletcher still like they could have easily just put the guy out on the shelf because his partner is out they could have easily done that and you know what they didn't so uh this could be a blessing in disguise for kyle fletcher we got the acclaimed backstage. They're talking about how they've been trios champs for 48 days. And Max Caster, we've kind of seen him obsessing over MJF a little bit uh, in a way that can be misconstrued. Uh, not really sure what to make of that yet because it's still not totally clear where they're going with this. But here's something, and maybe the chat here can help me understand this because 
I'm a little bit thrown here. And by this, I mean that part of the reason why the acclaimed got over is because they were cool guys, right? Like they were cool. They were out there being silly, making up terms like scissor me daddy ass, calling Billy Gunn daddy ass, doing scissoring. They really got something over an AW. They're rapping. They're burning other people. They are a cool group of guys, right? Like they're a cool team. But now all of a sudden, Matt's caster is this like, all of a sudden he's become uncool is what they're telling us. He, he doesn't know how to talk to women. He has a hard time socializing. He's awkward. And I'm thinking, when did this happen? Why? Why? Like, they, I'm sorry, but I never saw Max Caster or Anthony Bowens as uncool before. And Max Caster, they're trying to teach him how to like, talk to how to talk to people and so billy and anthony bowens are kind of training him and they start telling him like okay you're going to practice on renee and you're going to tell renee something nice whatever the first thing comes up to you you're going to tell her something nice so they call back renee renee and max caster and max tells her so how about the how so how about the oral sessions and she's like you idiot and she yells at him and she walks off and she's pissed off and they start yelling at him like how why did you say that to her and so now he's supposed to be this uncool dude when did this happen why why am i all of a sudden supposed to see max caster is uncool I never saw him that way. So it's kind of, I feel like this is, I don't know, this is a, this doesn't feel natural to me. This doesn't feel natural. I know it can be funny because it was funny today. So I know they're trying to get some good comedy out of it, but I just don't see Max Caster as uncool. The dude can rap. The dude came up with some fun stuff. I don't know. I just don't see the awkward uh, not being able to socialize type of guy. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it's new. We'll see what they do with it. We'll see how they run with it. But so far right now, I'm not totally sure uh, what to make of this. John Deller says too much scissoring going on. Has the scissoring gone into his head? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm moving on to a match that I really, really enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed, actually. It is Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander. Um, damn, guys. Oh, yeah. So the big thing that I want to say of this is that Sky Blue, for a long time, we were always talking about, oh my God, this girl, she has so much potential. She's going to be this. She's going to be phenomenal. She's going to be great. She's going to be all of this stuff, right? I feel like so for a period of time, we were just talking about her potential, her potential, her potential, her potential. But now we're really starting to see this growth. I remember when we were seeing all of these squash matches that Sky Blue was in. And I remember saying like, damn, let's do more with her. We've seen so many, we've seen so many squash matches. That's all I feel we've been seeing. But lately we've started to really see Sky Blue change. She's not only on the storyline, storyline wise, she's changing, but in terms of in-ring, she's changing too and changing for the better. And I think growing is rather the better word instead of changing because I feel like based on the first time that I saw Sky Blue and based on how she was in this match, to me, her growth in the ring feels like day and night, man. She was going out there. She was laying it in. I, there was a specific moment. Uh, I believe it was a super kick, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a super kick that she hit on Chris Statlander where I looked at her and I thought, you know what? She's just coming in and she's just really, really, she's just laying it in a lot 
more. She comes across more aggressive. And so it makes you take interest in all of the little things that she does in the match. And this is huge because again, before we were always seeing her in squash matches and we were always like, there was moments where you would see a little bit more than that for Sky Blue, but for the most part, that was it. And so now, like this match with Chris Statlander, had this match gone like two more minutes, I don't know, three more minutes, dude, this would have been a match that I feel everybody on social media would have been talking about because they uh, almost had a really, really great match. Like it was good, but I think a little bit more time and it would have been even better. Uh, this was a match that I really loved. And what they've been telling here is that Sky Blue is changing. We're seeing her come out with this makeup that she's really never worn before. Uh, very cool. Whoever's doing her makeup. I don't know exactly who's doing her makeup. It may just be AEW's makeup department. But whoever's doing Sky Blue's makeup, if she's doing it herself, I don't know. Uh, but whoever's doing her makeup is doing a phenomenal job because that looks incredibly hard to do. Uh, and I can tell you that I could not do that to my own face. So the fact that like that just looked really, really cool. And so we're seeing this commentary is making sure to know that, you know, she's changing. During this match, she looked angry and frustrated when she couldn't get the win over Chris Statlander. They're really zooming in on her face and she's really angry. So we're seeing this character change in Sky Blue. So I'm looking forward to that because before Sky Blue was just Sky Blue. That was it. All you really knew about her was that she was new, she had potential, and she really liked the color blue. There wasn't anything else there. And so now, now we're starting to see an angry version of Sky Blue. We're starting to see something different. And this is exactly what her character needed. And this match with Chris Statlander was freaking awesome. I love this match. Uh, Chris hits the Saturday Night Fever for the win. And um, there was even a part of me that wanted Sky to win. Honestly, there was a part of me that wanted Sky to defeat Chris. Uh, a huge part of me that wanted to see that. But it was good stuff, guys. It was good stuff. Uh, I'm a fan of that. Um, all right. Um, really quickly, we also had a vignette saying Rush is back. We also had a quick squash match with Keith Lee versus Turbo Turbo Floyd. Very, very quick squash there. Uh, he wins with a power bomb. Shane Taylor's watching. Uh, so, you know, they're continuing that. That's fine. And we already talked about the Miro stuff. And damn, that's it, actually. We covered all of AEW Collision. Uh, I like to start off now with the, by the way, for those of you who tune into the podcast on a regular basis, I've been switching up the format. Before, I used to go in chronological order, and now I'm kind of going with the biggest stories first and then everything else that follows afterwards. Let me know which method you like most. Uh, you can leave me a comment here in the chat, or you can leave one in the YouTube comment section, or you can tweet me, Facebook me, whatever, uh, because I had a couple of people asking me about that, like what my order is, and I kind of got bored of doing it the way that I was doing it originally, going in chronological order. Uh, so now I'm kind of going in uh, biggest story first and then everything else. So let me know. Give me some feedback. Want to know what you guys prefer here. Um, next week, we are going to be seeing Collision and Battle of the Bouts uh, go on the same night. So it's going to be back-to-back -back, uh, shows. I don't know what I want to do for next week. I will definitely be here for, of course, uh, NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown. On Saturday, though, we also have Bound for Glory. So I'm debating if I want to cover Bound for Glory or if I want to cover Collision. If you guys have a preference, please let me know too because that will kind of help me out and gauge 
what people want to talk about and what might possibly be the more interesting thing. Uh, um, right now, they're going to have to do a whole lot to get me into Battle of the Bouts. I've kind of been skipping Battle of the Bouts, so I don't know if I'm going to want to watch Battle of the Bouts. Keep in mind, this is a Saturday, guys. I still want to have a life of my own on a Saturday. Uh, so let me know what you guys prefer. Um, and we got a lot of people here saying that, Okay, John Deller says he likes the way that I'm doing it now, the format. Uh, uh, Fernando says either format is great for him too. All right, I appreciate it, guys. I like having that little bit of a feedback. Uh, Starman Production says you are a wrestling nerd. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I really am. I mean, it's my job, right? Like, it's my job. So my whole brain is filled with just wrestling the whole week guys it really consumes your life especially when there's so freaking much uh so many shows so much news uh just a whole lot going out so anytime i get to like break away and do anything else i see it as a cleanse right uh i love to watch tv and movies and things like that just to get a cleanse and then come back and see wrestling in a whole new light than i did the day before so uh there you go um all right we got dj says depending on the card I'd say bound for glory right now, but till Wednesday, we'll see guys. We'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out and see what I will be interested in covering. Chonin says he'll be a collision next week. And he's looking forward to that dude. Have a good time at the show. All right, everyone, that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the podcast. If you did, please let me know, tweet it out, support, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, it would really help me out a whole lot. But more importantly, guys, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'm still trying to get to 100 reviews. I'm still at 58. Uh, please go there. Uh, check out the podcast. It would really help me out a whole lot. I'm trying to get my numbers back up. So if you guys help me out, that would be really freaking awesome. Uh, other than that, I will see you guys next week. And then keep an eye out for my special announcement. All right, everyone. I'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.